You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And we are live right after the Giants beat the Carolina Panthers and go 2-0. and Chris, Chris, Chris. The first time since 2016 the New York Giants start 2-0. and That was back when Ben McAdoo was in his first season and the Giants ended up going to the playoffs that season. But look, Chris, that game was ugly. It was sloppy. The Carolina Panthers tried to give this football game to the Giants, and the Giants were almost hesitant to seize that opportunity (laughs) early on. Two straight fumbles to start the game, but at the end of the day, although the offense had its issues, they found a way to get it done in the most high-leverage situations, and the Giants escaped this with a 19-16 victory. Yeah, I think Ben McAdoo might be a good luck charm for the Giants, at least, you know, in a coach's first year or something or something you're right this game was ugly it was mo sizlak pug fugly at least on the offensive side of the ball this was a defensive slugfest the giants were hitting the carolina panthers on defense the panthers were hitting the giants on defense yeah i'm not sure i've ever seen a 2 and 0 team where the starting quarterback has less than 400 yards total. You know, that is just a mark of where this Giants offense is right now, but they're still getting it done. And it's not even just because it was all Saquon Barkley. Now, in week one, it was all Saquon Barkley in that rushing attack, over 200 yards rushing for the Giants. They barely cracked 100 yards. They had 103 yards rushing. Saquon Barkley, 21 carries, 472 yards. And then you have Daniel Jones with 21 yards on 10 carries. A lot of those were just around the line of scrimmage, but then that big run, and the last drive of the New York Giants to get out of third down, get to first down, and then just wind the clock down. That was a really, I would say, heady play by Daniel Jones, who did not play this football game well, Chris. Daniel Jones had a lot of mistakes. He left a lot of plays out there on the field. I can't wait to get to the All-22, and we'll be covering it at my Twitter and on Big Blue View on all the plays that he actually did end up leaving on the football field. But at the end of the day, he made some smart decisions with his legs that put the Giants in a position to earn this victory. Yeah, the... The Panthers made the mistake of opening up the middle of the field, turning their back on him. The Giants offensive line was able to get just enough to give Jones the daylight to go pick up that crucial first down. Yeah. And it was enough because the Panthers did everything they could to hand this game to the Giants on a silver platter to start the game. Yeah. With those two fumbles that turned into six points, uh, Graham Gano hitting that I can't say he drilled that 58 yarder but he hit the 58 yarder that is really a nine point swing right there yeah this is another game that could have gone very differently for the Giants but they were able to stay resilient the defense was aggressive at the right time and they were able to survive for the win One of the things we highlighted too, Chris, as a way to attack Panthers protections was isolate Ikemi Kwanu, run twists at him, you know, show blitz to the outside and then penetrate the B gap. And that's exactly 
what the Giants did on that sack by Julian Love, that really important sack at around midfield that put the Panthers out of a relatively easy fourth and short situation and knocked them back to like fourth and intermediate. So they decided to punt the ball, rely on their defense, which had been playing pretty well against the New York Giants offense. But that ultimately was one of the plays that really solidified this victory. I would like to see the percentages in quarter, according to the analytics of what the win percentage was for the New York Giants before that play and then after that play. So great scheming by Wink Martindale there to take advantage of Iquanu and take advantage of the protection package. And got to say, man, we're looking at the defense. Xavier McKinney, what he bat down two passes. He was all over the line of scrimmage, all over Christian McCaffrey in man coverage. And then O'Shane Zimenez, another player who was making plays whenever he was called upon, whether he be the unblocked defender on Zoden Reeds or if it was just him in coverage even he was out there and that's somebody who's filling a void right now for the New York Giants the Giants are down three edge rushers three potential starting edge rushers two definite starting edge rushers in Ojolari and Thibodeau and now you have O'Shane Zimenez who has been around the block for a little bit for the New York Giants but look what does he do he comes up big in these situations he's taken to the coaching of this New York Giants staff and I'm very happy for him because a lot of people including myself did not think he was going to be here wearing blue yeah, no, pretty much everyone had Zimenez left for dead. He was off the roster, according to, well, pretty much everybody. But he was a key cog in this defense. Not just his quickness off the snap, getting around Iki Iquanu, get being that free rusher, the contained guy in those zone read plays, but also, as you say, dropping off into coverage. It seemed as though anytime the Giants made a defensive play, it was either Zimenez pressuring into the backfield or muddying up Baker Mayfield's reads by dropping into the short intermediate, the hook curl area and slowing down Mayfield's process just enough to allow the pressure to get to him or force him to throw the ball away. Absolutely. I I just, I can speak very highly of this defense and what they were able to do. They slowed down Christian McCaffrey. It seemed like early on, that's who who uh, Ben McAdoo wanted to exploit, similar to what the Tennessee Titans did, exploit those linebackers, right? And just run the ball at them, use them in the passing game. It didn't really work all that well for the Carolina Panthers. So credit to the defense. And then at a halftime, that's when we saw both of these teams have those touchdown drives. It seemed like the Carolina Panthers, Ben McAdoo, were like, okay, we're going to find a way to get DJ Moore involved because we didn't do that in week one. So let's isolate him against the rookie Cordell Flott. And we saw on that drive where Carolina scored a touchdown, they just went after Cordell Flott and ensured that he was on DJ Moore. And then it went for six. I mean, that's not a matchup the Giants are going to win. And that's no. no knock on Cordell Flott. But DJ no. Moore is a top receiver in this league. So, but other than that drive, you just saw a lot of inefficiency from this Carolina offense. And you saw Baker Mayfield get uncomfortable. You saw a lot of hands in the air, batting passes down. And you saw the New York Giants defense rising to the occasion under the tutelage of Wink Martindale, who knows Baker Mayfield really well from their time in the AFC North. Yeah. And before we go on, I just got to uh, shout out Antonio Delgado out there in Puerto Rico getting hit by Fiona. Uh, don't worry about missing the game. There are a few things more important than football. Take care of yourself out there. But talk about Ocean Zimenez batting down those two passes that uh, those were pretty big plays early on because the, the Panthers just couldn't get any kind of offensive traction. And one thing I did notice was that early on Baker was not comfortable. I don't know if he was keyed up or if it's just, he's new to the team, new to the offense. It doesn't have great chemistry with his guys yet, but he was kind of double clutching. He was burping the baby a little bit. And Zimenez was using that to time his jumps. The first one, it wasn't because Baker is uh, 
six foot on a good day standing on a book. Yeah, Zimenez just timed a jump incredibly well, and he was fully extended to back down that pass. Yeah, this was really just a bad offensive game all around. Yeah, neither team was particularly uh, efficient or effective on the offensive side of the ball, except for one drive apiece. <laughs> And I also felt like Carolina's defense did really well early on. I mean, like we said, the Giants had those two first fumbles, right? Carolina's defense held the Giants, though. And I felt like Mike Kafka and this, and this, he did a great job overall. We'll go over some plays that we like maybe a little bit later. But he was trying to get Daniel Jones on the movie. He was trying to use misdirection, get the ball to Kadarius Tony. And I felt like Frankie Louvu in particular did a really good job kind of keeping his eye on. I hate ESPN, by the way. I hate how they have those ads. <laughs> It's so annoying. I'm trying to look at stats. I don't need to hear about Ford trucks anyways, but I feel like Frankie Louvu did a really good job kind of spying Daniel Jones on those little misdirections on those counters and, and really keeping contained and then shooting those gaps when he really had to, to make big tackles on Daniel Jones. So a lot of those creative play calls on those first two drives just ended up stalling. The Giants had to settle for field goals, but then you go a little bit later in the game, Chris, and you get the Daniel Bellinger play. That's an excellent play where you have the Giants lined up in pistol formation. You just run Richie James on motion. You know you love motion, and we saw more motion, thankfully, right? Yeah. That is so refreshing, Chris. But you get <laughs> yeah. Richie James on motion. You just wheel him outside, and you clear out that end of the field. And then the receiver who's already on that side of the field, Kenny Galladay, just runs an in route. So now you're completely clear to the boundary side. So what do you do? You go into the mesh point with Saquon Barkley and you pull the H back from the opposite side to just leak out into the flat. And there's no one there to cover him. You have one defender who's in conflict. That defender has to make a decision. Back. Yeah. That defender has to make a decision on the H back or, or the quarterback Daniel Jones running. So it's just an excellently schemed play against Phil Snow's defense. And it went for six and kudos to Daniel Bellinger. Yeah, this this was kind of an interesting game because the Giants offense is well schemed, but it, it they don't seem to be getting that traction yet. A lot a lot of it is I think their passing offense is very short range. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Okay, I, I just want to apologize to everybody. We had some technical difficulties. If you were watching our live stream, you probably noticed that it crashed. But we wanted to get back in here and finish off our thoughts on the Giants' win over the Carolina Panthers to go 2-0 and for the first time in, since 2016 and really just get, you know complete, the, complete this and finish like the Giants did. So 
one of the things we didn't get to is that the Giants suffered another loss, another injury, and had Leonard Williams go down to a knee injury. We don't know the severity just yet. There will be more tests on Monday. We will have more news for you probably when we get to our review podcast, which is coming. Yeah, that will be coming shortly here, Chris, and everybody listening. And you could see there was a slight effect once Leonard Williams left. Christian McCaffrey rattled off a a pretty long run after Leonard Williams left. And that was kind of right where DJ Davidson, who had a pretty solid game in like the seven snaps that he played last week against Tennessee, but it was right in that gap. They just kind of uprooted him and then hit the A gap. And Christian McCaffrey was gone after, after that play. But I did feel like Dexter Lawrence stepped up throughout the game. And then even after Leonard Williams left the game, Dexter Lawrence is a beast, bro. That dude is always running around making some plays, but, Honestly, dude, if the Giants are going to be without Leonard Williams, that is going to be a significant blow to what Wink Martindale wants to do, especially when he does want to stop some of these more prolific passing uh, quarterbacks because you're going to have to allocate more resources to stopping the run if you don't have a player like Leonard Williams. You know, So that's, that's something we're going to have to monitor. Hopefully it's nothing serious because the Giants have been already stung by the injury bug this season. Yeah, it looked like uh, Tyler Moten rolled up on him. Uh, that is just a play that happens in line play. It it's bad. It sucks. It's bad. You don't want to see it, but it happens. Hopefully, he w- if he misses time, he won't miss too much time because Williams is a good player and a very useful player on that defensive front. Now, I think the other thing we do need to note is that the Giants have to get some actual traction on their offense. As I noted at the top of our stream, Daniel Jones has had less than 400 yards passing through the first two games. He's had, I believe, 364 yards passing total. And he has been averaging like five yards in the air per pass. That needs to tick up. Now, the Giants' protection hasn't been great. He got sacked, what, five times last week, three more times this week. He's been taking a beating out there. But the way the Giants' offense is playing, if they can, if they come up against a team that has its act together offensively, I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up. You know, like with what the Miami Dolphins did today with the with the Baltimore Ravens, or what the Baltimore Ravens did against the Miami Dolphins. I'm not sure the Giants can keep up in a shootout. Chris, I'm going to revel in this win. <laughs> I'm going to be happy that the team that I cover, the team that I grew up being a diehard fan of. I'm going to be happy that they won this football game. But if we're just going to be objective here, Chris, the Giants could easily be 0-2. They really could. The offense had some struggles. I think the Giants have a plus in the column with Mike Kafka. I think that dude is a serious play caller. I think you can even see it, and sometimes it doesn't always work out. But I think once we get into the All-22, we're going to see some open players downfield that Daniel Jones might not have pulled the trigger on. And that's unfortunate, right? Yeah. Absolutely. I, there was one play where I believe it was Canarius Tony was running free over the middle. No, there wasn't anybody in the same area code as him. And Jones just didn't see it. He pulled the ball down. And if he got back to the line of scrimmage, that was a lot. So th- these are things the Giants are going to have to clean up if they want to be able to really have a be able to win consistently and play a sustainable type of football because the way they're winning right now it's great they're winning but it's not sustainable yeah and i don't like the whole like well if this happened i don't really like that game but 
some of the situations that the Giants have fell on the lucky side of things have gone their way. Like Randy Bullock hits that makeable field goal that he's made probably thousands of times in his life. Giants lose week one. If who was it? Frankie Louvu holds on to a ball yes. that was right in his hands in the flat during like what the last 20 seconds, last 40 seconds of the first half, then Carolina probably wins that football game. And that's not even to mention the things that you brought up before the fumbles. And I'm not trying to be pessimistic or negative here. I'm just trying to say that the giants have benefited from some luck. That doesn't mean they're not putting themselves in optimal positions to succeed either, but those things could have easily gone against the giants. And I don't know if they win either of those football games and they definitely wouldn't have been week one if they did. Yeah. And this does go back to what we were saying when we were, previewing this game and scouting the Carolina Panthers is the Giants and the Panthers are kind of the same team. And so far the ball has bounced the Giants way in 2022. I'll, I'll say this though, has, Chris. Oh, go ahead. Sorry to cut you off. I'll say this. I, I agree in terms of talent. I think both teams have talent deficiencies across their roster. They're, they're not overly strong at quarterback. They have excellent, excellent running backs, right? Yes. But I think the Giants have a significant edge in coaching. I oh, think the Giants have a, yes. Yes. Without I think I think without a question I think Brian Dable is is far better than Matt Rule who's a donkey who's probably not going to make it through this season. I think Wink Martindale far above Phil Snow right now. There's a lot of turmoil, reported turmoil. I don't know how much of it is true within that locker room because they don't like how Phil Snow's calls like basically a college type of defense and how that's translating to stopping the run, even though they did a good job against Saquon Barkley. I'll give them that credit, but they did not do a good job against Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt in the previous week. And then on offense, Ben McAdoo, Mike Kafka, I'm going to lean Mike Kafka there. Yeah, definitely. The, the Giants have a good, solid coaching staff and Compared to the two teams they have played against so far, they have been more ready to play. That, I think, has been apparent. Even though the offense hasn't played particularly well, they haven't made the same kind of mental mistakes that the other teams have made. And they have been able to take advantage of the mistakes the other teams have made. But... At some point, they're going to come up against a team that doesn't make mistakes. They're going to come up against a team that is able to connect with their playmakers. And you know that that's just a reality that we're going to have to face. And Carolina has like an incredible deficiency with possessing the football. They lost time of possession in this game by 10 minutes over 10 minutes to the New York Giants. And it doesn't really seem that way, right? Because the Giants, you know, won in a close game. They only won by a field goal. And Carolina ended up having more yards than the New York Giants. So it was a little bit of a weird game. And we know they ran like, what, 53 plays, including the penalized plays last week on offense, which I think was second lowest to only the Seattle Seahawks. So that that, that Panthers offense is just gross right now, yes. whatever they're doing. But the Giants still found a way, man, to win this game. And, you know, they had more penalties than, than Carolina. They had eight penalties for 62 yards. I wanted to get your opinion on this. I didn't really think the the David Sills call. I don't think that should have been called. And that far away from the line of scrimmage, that guy had all the, the eyesight to see David Sills coming. I think it was just, you know, Maybe David Sills threw a little, you know, got in his way a little bit, but I think that's kind of incidental at that point of the field. But, you know, it, it ended up getting called. Yeah, it did. And I think the I think the reason the ref threw the flag is Sills was also looking at the guy when he hit him. So they, they both knew each other. The other guy was there and it did have an effect on the coverage. Ultimately, the Giants won yeah, that 
really was a play a call that could have gone either way. It could have been a perfectly fine no call. I suppose I can see where the referees were coming from. Yeah, that's like you said, it's incidental contact. Maybe there was something there. Who knows? You want to know something else that you know will be validated when I get to the all twenty-two? I just feel like a lot of these high leverage situations, these fourth and ones, these you know two point conversions, all all these plays so far through two weeks, the New York Giants had to make a play. Every single one of those plays had pre snap motion coming behind the ass of Daniel Jones. Every single one of them, like the fourth and one play, they lined up in thirty one personnel. I think it was <laughs> Chris. They had yep. three running backs out there, and you had Gary Brightwell at fullback. And then you just motion, I think it was Matt Breida behind Daniel yep, Jones on the video in front of me. And then Saquon Barkley flares out to that direction. So you have two guys going out in that direction, or maybe Saquon went in the other direction. Either, I think he did actually. I think he went to the halfback pitch. So you have three running backs going in different directions. You just pound way of the A gap with Gary Brightwell, who ripped off like a 20 something yard run. It's a very good play right there. It's not complex, it's not complicated. It actually kind of reverts back to like the 1960s. But guess what? It's effective. And you just trusted your third string running back in that situation. And he came through, bro. Yeah, he did. And that is something we, for as ineffective as the Giants offense has been, they are very creatively schemed. You can see the Andy Reid influence Mm -hmm. in this offense, especially like you said, going back to like the sixties for play design. That's something Andy Reid does all the time. Yeah. I I think once we get to our review, once we get to our tape study, there's going to be a lot to dive into. And even if things kind of cool off for the Giants this year, there's a lot of hope for next year. A lot of hope for next year. And that's like, again, we're playing with house money, Giants fans. We're playing with house money. This team has been dreadful for so long. And now we have a coaching staff in here that is just inserting hope into all of our veins and giving us this, this just refreshed reason to, to watch Giants football with pride. And I mean, I'm buying in right now, 100%. We won two games. And yeah, they were ugly, but still. And I saw someone tweet this on Twitter, and he's 100% right. Bad football teams find ways to lose those games. The Giants last year found ways to lose those games. The Giants basically for the last half decade found ways to lose games like that where the Giants were inefficient and they were sloppy and they shot themselves in the foot. But the Giants in both of these weeks, and yes, luck was on their side, but in both of these weeks, they found ways to win these football games. That says something about the culture and what is going on there in East Rutherford. And I'm freaking excited about it, Chris. Yeah, and I think it does come down to the coaching staff having the team prepared to at least minimize their mistakes, you know, where they're not getting overly aggressive they're not they're not losing their composure as the game gets tight and close yeah it's it is definitely exciting for the future regardless of what happens this year and you know i think we will have to cross all of those bridges as we come to them yes and another thing before we get out of here too some of the Biggest impact players in 2022 so far for the Giants? Short season. I get it. Julian Love, Saquon Barkley. Then you have your quarterback, Daniel Jones. All these guys are free agents next year. So I don't even know who's going to be back this next season. You know, So there, there could be a lot of different players here, but they're still buying into what is going on. Specifically, Julian Love, like you know he's like a leader in that locker room now. He's a captain for the special teams. So, I mean, we're going to have a, possibly a different looking football team next year. But if Saquon Barkley continues to play like he's playing too, 
it's going to be a really tough conversation at the end of this season about what's going to happen with him. I'm, I'm just jazzed and excited. I'm taking it a week at a time at this point, but being two and oh feels good, Chris. I mean, I could, I could get used to this. I can get used to this winning <laughs> culture, man. Yeah, it, it, it has definitely been a while. Yeah, you know, this is the in the nine years I've been a big blue view. This is the second time I've talked about the Giants as winners. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. We apologize for having the technical difficulties with our live stream, but we'll be live on YouTube. It will be on my Twitter. It will be on Chris's Twitter, and it will be on the Big Blue View main page. We'll just be breaking down our quick thoughts, and then we'll give more analysis throughout the week, and you can find all of that at Big Blue View and find all of our audio content at Big Blue View Radio, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you so much for listening to us, everybody. Giants are 2-0, baby. We're 2-0, ladies and gentlemen. Let's continue to roll. Take care of each other and have a wonderful day. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.